the Dark Horse Podcast will provide you with the methods and mindset to achieve your goals both inside the gym and out. This is your source for non-biased, accurate, and actionable information and tips surrounding fitness, nutrition, and ways to stay disciplined. I'll help you cut through the noise of the fitness industry and get straight to what you need to excel and grow. Right. Okay. Okay. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Dark Horse Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I'm super excited, super pumped. Today's episode is going to be all about why you may want to rethink your squat and meaning how you may want to rethink how you perform your squat. So, um, I'm going to talk about why I prefer a more hamstring, hip, and glute dominant squat as opposed to a more traditional style of squatting, which is primarily um, quad dominant. Okay. Uh, before I get into kind of like the main part of the podcast, I just want I just want everyone to know here, this isn't meant to like ruffle feathers or I'm, I'm not saying that if you prefer a quad dominant squat that you're doing it wrong and you shouldn't be doing it or anything like that. I'm not doing that. I'm simply offering maybe some different perspective, a little bit of objectivity, because quite frankly, if you're not willing to challenge your bias, uh, I feel like you don't really ever grow or learn anything new. So again, this is just for objectivity. Uh, if you want to continue squatting quad dominant, that's completely your call. Uh, you do whatever you want to do. Everyone's uh, <laughs> everyone's free to squat how they want. Okay, so I'm going to be talking about why I prefer a more posterior chain dominant squat. Uh, a more posterior chain focused squat has a more vertical shin angle and it takes less mobility at the ankle. It also takes a lot of stress off the front of your knees, which uh, a lot of people who squat will complain that, you know, knee pain or pain at the front of their, of their knee, that that's a common issue, right? A uh, pain or discomfort in their knees. Hey, I can't, you know, I can't really squat like I want, or I can't squat as heavy as I'd like to, or I have to limit the range of motion when I do squat, because if I don't, I will get significant pain in my knees. So a posterior chain squat will kind of help take some of that stress off the anterior of the knee because the shins are more, are more vertical. Uh, and I feel like a, a big reason that people have pain in their knees when they squat. Uh, yeah, it could be a mechanics thing, right? It, it could be, it, obviously it could be that, but if everything across the board is even, I feel like a lot of people overlook the fact that your smaller muscles, uh, tendons, uh, ligaments, connective tissues, they don't strengthen and grow at the same rate as your bigger, bigger muscles like your quads, right? Your quads are a are huge, huge slab of muscle on the front of your leg. They're going to grow and strengthen and get bigger and stronger much quicker than the smaller connective tissues around the knee. So if you find you're progressing in your training fairly quickly, just be mindful of that. Okay. Don't go, you know, it, too much too soon type of thing, right? It's not that your quads aren't strong enough or your legs aren't strong enough. It's that the smaller uh, muscles around your knee may not be able to support the type of loading that you're putting on it. Okay. So, um, into, into my, my first point here, I'm going to start off by saying there is absolutely nothing wrong with knees going over toes. Okay. Uh, Ben, pa if you're in the fitness realm, uh, Ben Patrick knees over toes guy, he's put out a ton of high quality content. If you don't know who that is, check him out on Instagram. Again, knees over toes guy, Ben Patrick puts out really good, accurate information. Uh, I, I, however, I feel that when you load close to your maximal weight, or if you're getting near your maximal loading, I feel that squatting in this manner isn't ideal for longevity, meaning the typical squat, the more quad dominant squat where you're pushing your knees out over your toes. 
I don't feel it's ideal for longevity. If if you look at, and this is just, again, just play ball with me <laughs> for 20-some minutes during this podcast and just, just kind of think about the points that I'm going to make here. If you look at the number of people who are 40, 50, 60 years old and squat with a more quad-dominant form, how many of them are able to squat heavy, and I'm talking significantly heavy, with a good solid range of motion, meaning at parallel or slightly below, without subsequent pain, meaning without having to either ice their knees a couple of days after or, you know, yeah, I can, I can do all of that, but I'm going to pay the, you know, I'm going to pay the toll. I'm going to have to pay the price. Uh, <clears throat> now, uh, not very many, right? Uh, that's a pretty, pretty safe assumption, at least not very many that I've seen or come across. Now, compare that to more posterior chain dominant squatters who also are able to squat heavy with a good range of motion and don't have subsequent pain or don't have any type of limiting factors in terms of trying to manage their pain, you know, against their squatting technique. Uh, guys like Matt Wenning, Dave Tate, Ed Cohen, they all have now. In all fairness, most of those guys are like world champion power lifters. I, I'm and I know that's not a very <laughs> that's not a very fair comparison against most you know your average gym goer or your average lifter. But what I what I would like to point out is if it's beneficial for them and if it works for them, it's probably a good idea for the rest of us as well. Okay, and these these guys are. I mean, Matt Winning's forty three years old. I put this up on my Instagram a couple of days ago, but Matt Winning is forty three years old. He squatted five oh five for a set of twenty. That, that that is insane. Again, again, the guy's a former world champion. He broke like three. I think he broke like three world uh, records. However, he's forty three and he was able to squat that weight for that many reps. That should show, or that should be a testament to one longevity. Uh, but number two, if he's able to support that type of weight, his body's able to support that type of weight for that type of duration. There's got to be something to you know this whole uh, posterior dominant squatting type thing. Um, so the, the next point I want to make, okay, so we know that, um, a more posterior dominant squat is going to have, again, just to kind of touch back to what I brought up in the beginning, we know it's going to have a more vertical shin. We know we're going to primarily load the hamstrings, glutes, and hips. Okay. And let's say you're, let's say you're rethinking things and you're like, yeah, you know, I, I wouldn't mind giving it a shot. You know, what have I got to lose really? So how do you do it? How do you execute this type of squat? So what you're going to do is you're going to have tip and listen, stance is going to be different for everyone. There's not an exact distance of foot placement. Okay. It depends on how deep or shallow your hip sockets are. It depends on your hip mobility. It, it depends on a lot of things. Okay. Uh, but I would, I would, uh, encourage you if you're going to kind of transition into this style of squatting to first start by doing it with a box squat and then transition into a free squat. Because if you try to jump straight into free squatting like this, uh, it, the learning curve seems to be pretty steep from what I've noticed, um, from training my, my clients and people in my classes. So, what I would ask you to do is get a stance that is outside of hip width, uh, significantly wider, and you're going to want to rotate your feet outward, right? So you're going to externally rotate at the hips and you can feel this when you do this, instead of having your feet pointing forward or even externally rotated, even just a little bit, when you have that really wide stance and then you rotate those feet out significantly, you can feel 
the 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 muscles in in the hips and the glute you can feel that kick in you can feel them get on tension and tighten up which is great that, that's what you want to do the whole purpose in squatting this way is to primarily activate those muscles so once you get set up that way so you got a wide stance you've got your feet externally rotated a bit you're going to break at the hips first so you're going to push back at the hips first and then break at the knees then you're going to bend your knees so it's almost like um, you're sitting kind of back instead of, you know, instead of trying to just dive bomb straight down. So your hips are going to tr- kind of travel back just a little bit. We're not we're not going so far back that we lose our balance or, you know, we feel uneven under the bar or the bar path gets significantly affected. We're not doing that. It's just a just a small bit of a hip hinge to initiate the squats and then you'll break at the knees. And again, when you do this, you will see that the shin doesn't kick near as far forward. It, it, it may not move. Once you get very proficient at it, it may not move any at all. But the, the shin's not going to kick forward as much, again, lending to more nagging aches and pains as you get older in your knees. And I, again, I'm not, I, I said this in the beginning, but I want to reiterate this. I'm not saying quad dominant squatting is bad. I'm not saying you shouldn't do it. I'm just, all I'm saying is if guys who are 40, 50, and 60 are still squatting heavy and don't have any subsequent pain, if they're squatting a certain way, maybe the rest of us should maybe, you know, take notice of that and maybe learn from them. That's, that's, that's all I'm going to say. I don't see very many uh, 50 and 60 year old people, uh, you know, squatting more quad dominant, still squatting significant weight. I just, I just don't see it. Uh, <clears throat> okay. So Again, quick recap on the on how to execute this squat. So we're gonna unrack, right? You go through your same your same setup. Your setup is gonna be the same, right? Everything's gonna be the same. You're gonna unrack the bar, right? Step, step. Take two small steps. Remember, when you unrack a bar, you only need to clear the J hooks. You don't have to walk a half mile away from the rack because when you get done, you gotta walk all the way back up there and put it up. Okay. So you you unrack the bar. Two small steps, just enough to clear the J hooks. You get your feet settled, right? Or you get your feet situated, so you're going to have a really wide stance, right? Your feet are going to be rotated out. I'm not, again, there's no specific, it's not 45 or 50 or 30 degrees. It's just whatever is comfortable for you and your hip mobility. So you're going to need to practice this with an empty bar or maybe even just a PVC pipe or whatever you have access to. But so you got your wide stance, you've got your feet externally rotated. You're going to breathe and brace just like you would in a regular, in a, in a quad dominant squat. You're going to breathe, inhale through your nose. You're going to try and push your obliques outward, right? That's how you properly breathe in to brace for a heavy lift. And then you're going to tighten down or cinch down on your core to brace properly to keep that low back nice and safe. After that, you push the hips back. So you're going to hinge a little bit, somewhat of a hinge, then break at the knees. And then you're going to go down for your squat. Now, a a couple of, uh, a couple of notes about this, um, because this is how I've I changed up. This is how I've been squatting for the last six to eight months. Um, I've seen drastic improvements. And from someone who used to have minor knee pain when squatting more quad dominance, um, that pain is completely gone for me now. So if you choose to squat this way, which I encourage you to at least try it. Okay. And listen, at first, the first couple of reps, the first couple of sets, the (laughs) the first couple of weeks or months even may not be comfortable for you. And it's because you're so used to squat, so used to squatting in a quad dominant fashion. So anytime you change up your, your, um, 
execution of a lift, anytime that changes, that's going to be awkward. It's going to be uncomfortable. You're probably not going to like it initially. But again, I encourage you to at least think about doing this just for longevity purposes and, you know, knee health. And, and to be honest with you, you'll find you may even, once you get used to doing this, you may even be able to squat more weight because again, the hips, hamstrings, and glutes are some of the biggest, strongest, most powerful muscles in the body. And if you can learn to activate them and get them to fire on command, your lifts may go up, your squat may go up. So, so how far down do we come when we're squatting like this? Well, if you choose to squat in this fashion, you will not be coming down very far uh, past parallel. You won't come down much past parallel. So how do you get, and I know there's, <laughs> I know there's tons of full range of motion advocates out there. And I look, I hear you. I, I'm with you. Full range of motion is great if you can get it. So, so then how do you get the benefits of full range of motion exercises if we're squatting in a way that does not allow us to use that full range of motion. So the answer is you incorporate the full range of motion lifts into your assistance or your accessory work. Um, And the reason you do this is because they're not maximally loaded right? No one, look, no one does a one rep max of a front foot elevated reverse lunge, right? No one does a one rep max of, you know, deck squats or, or, or heels elevated squats or goblet squats. No one does a one rep max of a high box step up. You know what I mean? All of those exercises I just mentioned are great for hitting full range of motion and hitting full depth in a squat or in a lunge pattern, but without the maximal loading. Um, again, I'm, there is absolutely nothing wrong with the knee traveling over the toes. However, when you are maximally loaded with a bar on your back, I don't feel that it is the best thing to do for longevity. You may be able to do it now with no issue. You may be able to do it next year with no issue, but when you're 40, 50, 60 years old, you're probably not going to be able to do that without some either form breakdown or knee issue or something of that sort. Uh, again, guys, this is just objective, being objective here. You, you just don't see many people doing that. Okay, so how do we incorporate more uh, full range of motion exercises? You just move those to your assistance work. So when you go so when you go for your main lift, if it's your squat day or whatever, your leg day or, or whatever, you, ever how you have your programming set up, when you go to hit your squat, if you hit a more posterior chain dominant squat, you will get two parallel, maybe a little below, and then you'll have to come up out of it. Because if you go any lower, you'll start, uh, your form will break down, you'll start incorporating a little bit more forward lean, that type of thing. So you don't want to go much past parallel in a uh, posterior dominant squat. So after you hit your main exercise, your main heavy lift, you get the benefits of full range of motion exercises by moving those to your accessory work. Again, the exercises I just mentioned, front foot elevated reverse lunge, tremendously beneficial exercise. You get the front foot elevated either on a bumper plate or whatever you have, a stack of books, make sure they're nice and sturdy. Um, uh, you know, a, a low box, even if you have a really like a little six inch box, that's, that's great. Uh, you elevate that front foot and you just step back and hit a reverse lunge. You get a tremendous stretch on the glute and hamstring. Great exercise and incredible range of motion there. A deck squat, again, you just stand on something under your, with something under your heels. It could be a bumper plate. It could be, you know, a smaller set of like two and a half or five pound plates. It could be whatever, whatever you have. And you basically just 
like a normal goblet squat, you hold something, just a weight, a kettlebell, dumbbell, whatever, just under your chin, your heels are elevated. Again, it could be anything, whatever you have around your house, your heels are elevated and you just hit a full range of motion squat. You'll be able to squat really, really deep this way because the heels are elevated. So you don't need as much ankle mobility to squat deep. All right. Great, great way to torch the quads. Deck squats are a great way to torch your quads. Uh, and then high, high box step ups. I spoke about those. You basically get any, a box, a bench, any object that will, uh, cause you when you put your foot up on it, like you were going to step up on it, your knee needs to be slightly above. Or if you, if you want to, if you, if you have the mobility, have it where your knee is really high above the crease of your hips. Right. And then you step up onto that, that platform, whatever it is, a box, you know, a bench, uh, again, a stack of bumper plates, whatever you have, step up onto that and then step back down. Uh, I will caution you on one thing, the higher the box is, or, or whatever you have, whatever you're stepping up on, make sure that that when you come down, you really control that and nail that landing. Don't, don't just kind of flop off the box and land, you know, all at once on your heel or on your on flat on your foot. Um, not the best thing for the ankle. So a high box step up, get something that causes your knee to be above the crease of your hips and step up on that. Make sure you extend fully through the hips and then control yourself. Come back down, do all reps on one leg and then change legs. So th- those are a couple exercises. Great way that you can hit full range of motion. You can get the benefits of exercising or training in a full range of motion without having to do a full range of motion barbell squat. Okay. So I, I hope, uh, this is going to be a bit of a shorter uh, episode, but I hope everyone got something out of it. I hope that you were able to kind of see why I advocate for a more posterior chain dominant squat. Again, the, the primary issue is to one, ensure longevity, Two, if you currently have any type of knee issues, it will certainly be less stress on the anterior of the knee, the front of the knee. And number three, uh, it, in my opinion, it's a great way to strengthen the hamstrings, glutes, and hips, which if you notice, if, if you're a trainer or if you're a coach or if you, if you work with any number of clients at all, you will know that the amount of anterior strength to posterior strength in people is very one-sided, meaning most people are very, very anterior dominant. So they'll be strong in, you know, the front of their shoulders, their chest, right? And their quads, they'll be very strong there, but you start incorporating posterior chain exercises, upper back exercises, most, most really any type of a row, uh, or a rowing variation that you could do. Uh, or if you start incorporating glute and hamstring, especially hamstring specific exercises, hamstring curls, uh, you know, um, you can do hamstring curls on a physio ball. If, if you don't have access to a gym, you can do those at your house. Uh, but if you start incorporating exercises like this, you will see that most people are incredibly weak on their posterior chain, which lends to a ton of injury. I spoke about this in a previous episode, uh, the three most common injuries and how to avoid them. So if you haven't listened to that, make sure you go back and do that. Uh, but strengthen your posterior chain in a nutshell is how you can help uh, decrease your chances of injury. So again, I, I hope it's just objective information for you. Think about what I'm saying. Give it a shot. Let me know how it, let me know how it goes for you. Um, I'm on Instagram, darkhorse.performance. I'm on Facebook at be a dark horse, or you can email me darkhorseperformance at yahoo.com. 
That's it for today's show, guys. Thank you so much for listening. Be willing to challenge your bias, man. Don't just write things off. Um, you know, if you're not doing things a certain way and you hear of a different way of doing them, don't just write it off as being nonsense. Give it a try. See, you, you, you never, you know, <laughs> you never know. You never know. But thanks so much for listening. I appreciate it. You guys have an awesome rest of your week. I hope you're killing your goals. And until next time, be a dark horse. <laughs>